Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the elders, their wisdom, their knowing and my own elders and teachers. Welcome back, mamas. So often the process of becoming a mother and giving birth those early first weeks and months are such a huge shift in our identity. It's the time when we realize we aren't who we used to be. We feel that inner split and we're trying to figure out who we are now. But what happens if that identity shift happens even before you become pregnant? What if the very experience of trying to fall pregnant begins to bring up questions of who you are, how you live your life, what you do, what your values are, what you're committed to? That's what the experience of matrescence was like for today's guest, Gemma Mercer. Gemma is now a mummerizing facilitator. But when she first came into our world, into my world, she was a mama who was really wondering where she'd gone. By that stage, she had two children, but really her matrescence questioning began many years earlier when her lifestyle, her huge corporate career was a block to her falling pregnant. And she made the decision to step back from that life even before she knew she was pregnant. That's what matrescence does, and that's why I love these conversations. It brings us to our knees and asks us to think about, who am I now and who do I want to be? You will love Gemma's insights. As always with these conversations, I became emotional in parts, especially because Gemma really reflected on parenting at home with toddlers over the last two years of the pandemic and what that did for her sense of self. So for everyone who's also been in that place and space over the last two years, I know Gemma's words and stories will soothe and comfort and I hope inspire you to begin to speak up and say, hang on, what about me? Enjoy. Beautiful Gemma. I am so excited to have you on the podcast, beautiful. Thank you for saying yes and having this divine conversation with me. Amy, thank you. Honestly, I chills just thinking about being able to do this. I'm completely honoured, so thank you. Um, Yeah, thank you. I was saying before we started, I love these conversations with 
Mamas with Women Like You because it's both a reflection on what happens when we finally have this word and this understanding of matrescence and it's also this call to action of what else we need mm. to be doing and other, other conversations we need to be having. I just love these conversations so much. So let's start at the beginning, as I often say. When mm. you entered motherhood, when you were preparing for motherhood and that first mm. experience of motherhood, what did you expect it to be like? I didn't expect I didn't I didn't give any thought to how motherhood was going to be for me for anything more than the physical needs of my baby buying the lovely travel system which car seat we were going to come home in you know it was very much all about what baby needed um and it was a thing it was it was an honor don't get me wrong it was something i was excited about and i mean it's part of my story you know it, it took us 2 years to conceive our first baby so it was something that i had longed for for a really long time but utter naivety in you know the greenest in the most innocent innocent way i hadn't considered anything more than just what she or yeah i knew i knew it was going to be a she what she was going to need mm. um but it was it just it, 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 being a mum was what i did next in life you know i'm a privileged white middle class girl in england you know you go to school you go to university you get a job you try and get up the career ladder, you get married and you have a baby. It was the next thing that I did that I would be very lucky to do and all of the amazingness that would come from that. But it was at no point did I stop and think, well, what what does that mean for my relationship with my husband, me, myself, anything like that? And what was your identity at the time? I know you had a corporate career. You had a very strong sense of self that was formed through your career. Mm, yeah, it was. And I had, prior to being a mum, I had worked my way up the corporate ladder. I was in a very high profile marketing role, very stressed. And actually, when the addition of the fertility struggles came into play, my husband and I, we were in a very lucky position financially for him to say, yes, it'll be a stretch, but let's stop you working and see whether we can get your health on a more even keel. So I actually had been in this really high profile corporate role, but had stepped away from that. And as a result, found ways to look after my stress levels and made myself better well again and did conceive very quickly after doing that so I was you know amazing the most amazing privileged situation to be in that I was able to sort my health out we were able to conceive and as a result this baby that we had desired for so long we thought well actually let's take a hold of you know we're in a place where Lee's job was going really well and we decided I didn't go straight back into that job. So I found another way of, I actually, strangely, I trained in reflexology, which is this um, holistic therapy, which your listeners may or may not be familiar with. But that was what had helped me de-stress. 
So I trained in that when I was six weeks pregnant because that's the kind of person I am. I can't just sit and do nothing. So, um, so yeah, interesting to think back. It is, isn't it? And first of all, let's just pause here because I do know that there is a lot of women who their career, their level of stress, their health meant they really struggled with fertility and mm. it's not an uncommon story. When you step away from that environment, things change quite rapidly. I know it's yeah. not always the solution, but it is often. I've heard this story yeah. many, many times. On reflection now, I know we have a lot to explore, but I'd just love for you to reflect now on what that means to you. It, it, it means everything. I have lived personally and I now see in my clients the effect that stress and anxiety can have on our health, our holistic health, you know, our entire well-being. It impacts every part of us. And for me, I am a living example now to my clients because I still do practice reflexology and I do an awful lot of work in the fertility and pregnancy space. So, you know, I spend my days trying to get ladies to slow down and to embrace, you know, listen to what their body needs. Um, but yeah, it, it does. It, it, it really is something very real. And you're absolutely right. Now that I've gone through it, we suddenly become aware of everybody around us that's had a similar experience. And I'm, I'm not alone. You know, my IVF drugs arrived. They were this huge box was in our kitchen. And I was waiting for the first day of my period to start injecting. And that day never came once I had started mm -hmm. to slow down. You know, it gives me it gives me tingles now just saying it. But it's real. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it is more complex, of course. Um, but it's a huge part of it. It is such a huge part of it. And it really makes me think of, you know, we say matrescence, that transformation through motherhood begins the moment you contemplate motherhood. And mm. that whole transformation began for you at the start of your fertility journey, didn't yeah. it? It wasn't once you peed on the stick and realised you were pregnant. That transformation began all the way back two years earlier. Hugely. And I would say that what motherhood and matrescence has taught me now, which I didn't appreciate then, was that I have got this huge need to avoid failure and overachieve in all that I do. And um, I work, you know, I, I say I'm a, a recovering perfectionist, superwoman addict every day. I, you know, I'm working on myself with this even now. But I look back at those days and becoming a mum was the first thing I really couldn't control. I had no control over it. And that was the beginning of it all, you know, because as as you and I both know, this is this is how motherhood then goes, isn't it? It's not something that we are fully in control of or can uh, guess what's coming next. And I love your story so much because the becoming of a mother is closely linked to you not being that corporate career woman anymore. And so I often talk about the inner split within me and my experience of becoming a mum, of trying to marry this very strong corporate ambitious side of me with this new part of motherhood. And that was that in a split. But what is it like 
to to have the internal story I guess that you could only become a mum when you didn't work like that how does that play out because that's a very clear message right from the beginning that your workplace your work environment your working conditions do not allow motherhood even within your body that's a big lesson to hear first off yeah yeah and hearing it now sitting with the lens of matrescence I can see that but Amy I couldn't see that at the time you know it was I was letting myself down not being able to get back into that place and um uh, you know the lady the women I talk to now are, are sometimes in this exact same space but for me I, I didn't realize it it's so fascinating isn't it to be able to look back with hindsight and see these things because it, it was just it was something that I was putting this constant pressure on myself about you know why can't I do that I should be able to do that you and I and you're you know, everybody will know your story. This is exactly what so many of us come up against, that we want to just get straight back into doing all the things. And yet I still have this way about me that if I don't hold myself, connect with what I need, I will run straight back into that. That is my default, trying to put this level of pressure on myself. And I couldn't do that. So that in turn for my story comes out a completely different side because what happens then when I didn't have that corporate identity to fall back on and that way of managing my expectations on myself those external achievements that somebody you know metaphorically patting me on the back to say well done at the end of the day I didn't have any of that and for somebody that has lived their life wanting to strive for the next thing that that then led to a whole new realm of unraveling for me um because so much of my identity previously had been wrapped up in in that corporate place and so what did that unraveling look like how did that unfold oh yeah this is why talking to you now is such a privilege to me because before I knew matrescence and when I was at my lowest point I was four years into motherhood with because of course after I had my first baby I fell pregnant very quickly unexpectedly with my second so I was four years into motherhood with a four-year-old and a nearly three-year-old and staying home at the beginning of a pandemic because the little bit of work I had been doing with my reflexology practice, of course, there was no close contact services. So I was quite literally, like so many of us will understand this, at home with the children, trying to keep them occupied. And my husband, being the only person in the family bringing in an income, was in his hole in his office, locked away from everything. And the intensity of motherhood just came, well, for all of us so much, didn't it? But for me, it ended up with me needing to seek help. I had to go to the doctor after screaming at my husband, a very heated conversation, because everything that had been building inside of me for four years 
just suddenly came tumbling out. Where had I gone? What was I doing? The resentment, I, I can't even put it into words. It was all aimed at my husband, whose life seemingly was able to continue on. And I felt suffocated. I feel awful saying it, you know, even now. And I hear other women saying this and you, and I think, no, you've got to be honest with yourself. These are so natural. Knowing what I know now, so natural to feel this. But Gemma had gone, like completely gone. And I love my kids more than anything, but I also have needs myself. And I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And I knew that something was missing. So he ended up saying, you need to go and get help, talk to a doctor, have some CBT. I remember the doctor vividly saying to me, you you need to have a sit down and a hot cup of tea and some space on your own. And I thought, and the reality is, is that I didn't have postnatal depression. He could see that. But equally, there wasn't anything more to give me. Um, What it did do, what the CBT did do was give me the the knowledge that I needed the space. And and this is where me learning about matrescence came from, because my husband and I agreed that I would, I say, run, start plodding again, you know, getting out there because I hadn't really exercised. It always been a huge part of who I was, but I hadn't been doing any of that, which obviously will have played its part as well. So yes, the going to the doctor and the seeking that help initially gave me the ability to say to Lee, I need to get out. And getting out made me listen to podcasts, start hearing and researching things. And your beautiful voice was the first one I heard. And it was like a light bulb, like a lightning bolt hit me. It was quite magical. Um, Yeah. Can you explain why? Because this is what I think... I mean, anyone who listens to this podcast knows this Mm. by now, but I don't know if we can fully understand the impact of this word and this understanding. It's especially if you're only new to it, Mm. especially if it's something you're just beginning to explore. But there is something profound in finally hearing what it is you've been feeling. Can you explain what it meant for you? What did it do? it gave me I could breathe somebody in my ear was saying exactly what I had been feeling and I hadn't been seeing it from anywhere else all of the women who have been in my close you know community all of my mum friends when I then told them about matrescence they then breathed this same sigh but up until that point not one of them would have ever uttered that this was a conversation that needed to be had. It was like, I mean, you and I have had this conversation before, but I, you know, I, my reaction to it, Amy, was visceral. Like every part of my body suddenly felt like this noose had been taken from my neck. I burst into tears and I ran in COVID. I mean, I ran faster than I'd probably been running on my run, but I ran and belted on the back door. We weren't allowed in people's houses, belted on the back door of my mum's house. I went home to my mum. She lives in the village. I'm not suddenly a marathon runner, but belted (laughs) on her door. And she was like, what's going on? And obviously keeping distance. I said, mum, I'm okay. Honestly, Amy, it makes me want to cry now. 
I'm okay. I'm, I still, you know, it's normal. And I love my kids, but that's, it's okay that I feel this way. It was huge. Wow. Everything has changed since then, Amy. Everything has changed since then. <laughs> Can't believe I'm getting emotional now. I've heard that story before. Oh, no, I'm crying too. I've heard that story before and that that image of you just running to your mums and knocking on that door and saying, I'm okay, I think that's the thing. It's you know you're not okay on some level. Mm. You know it's not meant to feel like this. You know that that resentment and, gosh, the way you describe that resentment of the start of that, of well, <laughs> any time in the pandemic of the last two years, that resentment that so many women have held towards their partner whose life may not have changed as significantly was so profound as well but to really be able to say I'm not okay but I'm Mm. also okay because what I'm feeling I now understand that's what it is isn't it that's why you can breathe because instead of this internal why 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 what's wrong why why we can anchor into an understanding of it and 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 for me it was it was it was you actually the interview I first heard you talk about was the inner split and so that I think was why for me it was so significant because matrescence is one word isn't it we talk you know all of your listeners know this the one word is fine but it's when you put that into context and that's where, for me, the inner split becomes so massive because it was, no, it's okay. It's all right that you love your kids and still miss that woman and don't get that sense of achievement anymore from other things. And so suddenly it was like, okay, it's all right for me to miss that part of me. And I hadn't grieved her. I hadn't, I hadn't at no point, it had all been, because, I mean, let's be honest, I do recognise how privileged I am. You know, there'll be lots of women listening to this that don't get the opportunity to step away from that career. But that then, but, but that with it brought so much guilt because you're so lucky to be able to do this. Why aren't you finding it easier? Mm. Why aren't you making the most of this opportunity? Yes. Um, and so, yes. yeah, that's why it was like this noose had been taken off because it was okay. It was okay to miss that woman and to strive for more. Um, so again, it's, uh, obviously then, I mean, that this was, I think, the April time. You hadn't opened the memorizing training, I think, until the August, maybe September. And it was like there was no doubt it was instant I I think I even messaged you on Instagram it was just like when are these doors (laughs) opening this is what I'm doing now this is this is what I'm doing now and it and it for me it not only gave me that freedom to have that knowledge about myself but it was like no this is your purpose you're going to find your new the version of yourself that's going to suit motherhood is you're going to take this ambition and run with it to help other women and it's game-changing and how how have you brought that inner split together what does it look like now to have the ambitious Gemma and the deeply reverent of her body and her boundaries and motherhood Gemma how does that dance look like on a day-to-day basis (laughs) it's an interesting one it's a complex one (laughs) It's fabulous in as much as it's enabled me to 
connect back with myself and my values because for me I don't let go of that amazing situation I can be present with my kids so when I'm with them I now enjoy them and I honor and make the most of my time with them but I also get to say no it's my time now and I will you know, build time into my day to be able to to make the most of what I need. Um, and, you know, as a, as, a, as a holistic therapist, as well as I now coach women in this, but as a holistic therapist, it's not, I, I, you know, it's not just about me telling people to go for reflex treatments or massages. It's about what does your body need in that moment? And I have the ability now to be able to say, my body needs this and it might it might be five minutes just lying still (laughs) or it might be you know exercising or it might be doing some work on my new business but I have that ability to be able to swap and change but to recognize when it needs to be one not the other that's it and it really is reclaiming part of that identity isn't it that as you said, you can be both that Gemma and this Gemma. And I know that's what you do with mums now, the ones that did have a very strong sense of identity in their previous life, whatever that was, career, independence, travel, whatever. And then they've stepped back from that to honour the season of motherhood. But again, there's something missing. There may be resentment. There's this lost sense. And it's about saying, I can be a great mum. I am a great mum. And I can still claim this old part of myself in a small way, even if it's this hobby, even if it's a podcast, even if it's a book, it's something that honours that part of you. That's right. And what I've found, Amy, because, you know, not enough of us know about this amazing word yet, definitely more so the work that you're doing is definitely reaching far, far wider. But so many of the women that I first meet They don't let themselves do that because they don't have the energy to add anything else. And that is the the biggest hurdle, I think, for all of us is, you know, I was given that opportunity because of my doctor speaking to me in the way he did. But for so many of us, finding the space or the time to do something else add something else. This is the lens that they come from is it's another thing on the to do list. And um, I think quite often the reality is, is that, no, it's this chicken and an egg, isn't it? Do we need space and time? But I don't have the energy to find that. So, you know, you need energy to find the space to do something for yourself and you need the space to do something for yourself to find the energy. And I think that's the biggest hurdle at the moment with so many mums out there is to make them actually slow themselves enough to see that that this is a necessity, definitely. Thank you for saying that this is about making sure we are bringing some new parts back into our life from a place of rest and health first. I think that's often missed Mm -hmm. in these conversations when a woman, a mama is feeling like parts of her have gone as you said where did Gemma go when we're really beginning to explore what else do I need 
the very first step really has to be that acknowledgement of how depleted you are. And then from there, yes, you can start running. Yes, you can do these other things, but there has to be that space first. There has to be an acknowledgement of the grief of what you've been through and then rebuild. So thank you for pointing that out so beautifully. That's a pleasure. It's, it's, It's definitely one of my biggest, biggest values and biggest things that I talk to my women about. Because again, you know, the clients I'm working with now are women that are coming because, you know, I I use the word interesting a lot. They've lost their purpose and they just want to get going. They're like, they talk to me about, well, okay, so you're going to help me find what's going to make me tick again. Um, All of my marketing is all about find your mum spark, your more than mum purpose. And it's like straight away into when we have our goal setting sessions, it's straight away into, well, what does that look like? (laughs) And a big part of what I do is pulling them back to say, yeah, we'll get there. We will get there. But we have to find our starting point first. We have to look at, you know, what's making you feel so exhausted because otherwise it's going to be a short-lived fix isn't it um because we're going to straight away get back into those old habits Hmm. that's it straight back into the and matrescence's greatest gift is to break free of the old patterns and to redefine yourself through this period ah Gemma, it's just such a divine full circle moment to have this conversation with you i it is such an honor to know that my voice in your ears on that run has now created such a profound ripple effect where you're doing this with other mums and then they will tell their friends I mean this is how we do it it's so amazing and it's such a feminine definition of success that I pass it to you and then you pass it to the next and we just keep doing this all together supporting each other so oh so beautiful thank you so much (laughs) Uh, yeah I can't say thank you enough because yes it's lovely and amazing what you're witnessing but for me it's been completely life-changing completely life-changing so thank you (laughs) and and now you get to change other women's lives and this is what we do thank you I will put everything in the show notes for women to come and see what you do and reach out and connect and follow because uh, you are creating such a beautiful community of women around this so thank you um thank you for My everything pleasure. thank you for having me <laughs> oh look being able to talk to these mamas a few years after we first connected and see the massive change and transformation in them in their sense of self in their happiness in being a mama in their happiness within themselves is the most divine gift I love what I do. (laughs) Gemma's story, I know, will connect with so many of you. Please go to her website, GemmaMercer.com, and follow her on Instagram. All of the details are in the show notes. And remember, Mama Rising, the training to be a coach and a facilitator to support mamas through matrescence in so many different ways is opening again in August. We only open once a year. If you're not on the wait list already, please do that now by jumping on my website because we will have a special offer for those on the wait list very soon. And 
tune in next week where it is my 200th episode of the Happy Mama Movement podcast. Can't wait to share it with you. Until then, Satnam. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.